Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence, one stripe at a time. Wes McDonald here, and thank you for tuning into another episode of TigerTube. And if you can't see us, if you're listening, thank you for listening in on Tiger Paw Radio. So super excited uh, for my guests today, uh, both Carrie and Ian uh, Richardson. Thank you very much for being with us today. And we're going to be talking about remote work, but not in the way that you would think, not in the typical ways. We're going to be talking about extreme remote work. So thanks, guys, for, you know, for joining us today. And uh, maybe I can just get you to introduce yourselves for our audience because nobody knows you better than yourself. Well, I'm Carrie Simpson, uh, now Carrie Richardson. I'm the founder of Managed Sales Pros, which is a lead generation firm that supports IT companies. Uh, I'm also one half of the consulting group Richardson & Richardson, and we focus on strategic planning and business coaching. I'm Ian Richardson. I uh, am the founder and former CEO of Doberman Technologies, a Michigan-based healthcare managed services company and the other half of Richardson and Richardson and the current CEO of managed sales pros. Well, that's great. Congratulations guys on uh, the new endeavor. It's been fun to watch that sort of take shape. And obviously as your, uh, you know, business is, uh, has changed as well, something else has changed about that. And maybe we can talk a little bit about what inspired you uh, to start moving your life and business on the road. So, so give us some background for our viewers and listeners. They may not be aware, but you guys did invest in a van and you don't just use that to go on little road trips, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, um, so we bought, uh, we bought Penny, the van, Penelope, the van. Uh, we started chatting with the builder in December and we bought it in January of this year after, I don't know, six to 12 months of varying degrees of intensity down the rabbit hole research. What he's not telling you is I've, I put down multiple deposits with custom build groups and I have zero patience. I am hundred percent instant gratification. <laughs> so, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting. It's been six months. They haven't even started. Cancel. Give me my deposit back. I'm done with this. Um, but I tried, I actually gave up a couple of deposits as well. Like I, and then I realized I knew nothing about vans, how they worked, power, anything. So, and I also, I'm really not that interested in the details. So I was like, oh, this one looks good. Let's buy this one. Uh, and then Ian had to take over as the, uh, you know, more focused, responsible party to say like, well, no, we need a power inverter. No, we need hot water and it has to be set up like this. No, we need this. So he was the one who ended up looking at the specs and being super focused on like, we need these things. We can't buy one without it. We're not going to try and install it after. So I kind of got uh, there, there along the process. But <laughs> I think that I went down the rabbit hole at the beginning of the pandemic yeah. and I had to like push, pull, drag him a little bit to to join me in it, but now he is absolutely the, uh, he doesn't even want a house anymore. Oh yeah. No, I'd, <laughs> I'd be happier if we just lived in the van. Um, and so the van has less space than this office. Yeah. This it's office is bigger. This office is about two times a van to give everyone kind of an idea. Like it's, it's very, very, very small. You're talking about 21 feet wide and you maybe have six feet total or five feet total across on the interior of the van so it's not a lot of room 
Wow. Um, and so we, uh, we, you know, we bought that van with kind of a couple of things in mind. Um, Carrie, uh, as yourself, Wes, Carrie is, uh, is from up north. We're in Michigan, the United States, and Carrie is uh, my Manitoban import. Oh, that's great, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and as part of that import process, we're locked down for an indeterminate amount of time. And it kind of depends on which day you talk to the to Customs and Border Patrol, but it's like sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's two years. And so with that plan, we said, okay, well, if we can't leave the States for a period of time, that's all right. Um, we'll just buy a van and we'll, we'll bomb around the country. There's a lot of parts of the country that neither of us have seen. And so we started meticulously planning out like, hey, how can we be out on the road for four, six, eight weeks at a time and uh, and afford it, one, without throwing us into a tailspin and having to work two, three, five extra years. But then also, how can we do it in a way that we'll see parts of the country and areas of the country that we never would have seen before? Yeah. And van life was the answer there. Um, and we had, we had had some experience, uh, Carrie more than I, from working remote resorts in Mexico, Jamaica, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico. Um, we, we had had experience working from remote areas and all inclusives and knew kind of some of the challenges from technology that we would experience and uh, decided that van life was the way for us. Like it's, it's, it's simple and it's easy and complicated and messy all at once. <laughs> yeah. You, de you definitely don't know what you're getting into at the beginning. Like I, there are things I love about van life. I like the the simplicity of being able to just decide like hey i'd like to stay here today or no let's move on or hey let's go see madison indiana yes. <laughs> hey it's really cool here let's stay a few days and it doesn't disrupt our lives in any way to tack a couple of extra days on and it doesn't cost anymore it's not like we have to switch our flights because we really like where we are and mm -hmm. you know spend another six hundred dollars a night on a hotel that doesn't have housekeeping isn't serving food and uh, may or may not have uh, you know the an ability to check in easily. It's mm -hmm. it's been a little frustrating. We were I was like 200 days on the road wow. before 2020, and now I'm probably half that and half of that in the van. Yep. Wow. So it's kind of fun. That it actually sounds like although you're on the road, you're traveling less, which is which is I guess good. I, I definitely travel less, and a lot of it is thanks to you know kind of the the technology that affords us to do that, right? So, yes. you know, what we're doing right now in this interview is pretty common for most people now uh, where they'll be doing video chats all the time. And I can remember pre-pandemic where mm -hmm. kind of these video conversations was a very small part of what we did, right? That, you know, we were mm -hmm. still doing conference calls. And even if we were in a Zoom, uh, oftentimes people didn't have their camera on. And that leads to another topic, which I'm fascinated with right now, which is meeting equity, right? And it's this idea that we have to make sure that everyone has the same access to uh, the technology and you know the setup and everything to have a similar experience doing what we're doing right now, right? And that kind of leads me into my you know my next question, right? Is you know the technology has come a long way, but what kind of kit specifically did you have to look into because you were both still very active in sales, marketing, and consulting? So what's the kit look like? Yeah, so um, you start off with uh, with laptop, and you kind of balance the um, the power and and need for performance with battery life. So um, when you're out in, when you're out on the road, you have to think that in a van, this is a this is a small metal tent. This isn't a moving hotel room. 
It doesn't have hookups to city water unless there's a hookup to city water. It doesn't have a hookup to power unless you're plugged into a power outlet. So you are in a self-contained box. So power, water, heating and cooling, the things that everyone like you, you go in and push a button or open a tap and there's water. It doesn't work like that in a van. <laughs> to turn on the water system is a 10 step procedure to be able to turn that on and off. So like, and it's not complicated steps, but it's still 10 steps instead of, hey, I'm just going to turn on the tap and there's magical amounts of water that never run out. That's how I was envisioning Ben. Like, <laughs> when I found, uh, like, I was imagining a, uh, like, what we wanted from van life. And I don't think we clarified this very well at the mm -hmm. beginning. I was imagining a hotel room on wheels where I was just going to go to major cities, park on the street and like just use it like a hotel room so I could go to New York for a month and not have to spend $600 a night to stay in Times Square. And then trying to figure out like where can you actually park overnight because as I think as van life became more popular, cities started looking at it and saying like how do we stop people from doing this because it's not mm -hmm. necessarily the safest or most hygienic way like we have a we have a condo on wheels really like our yeah. From a pricing perspective, this van costs as much as a, a condo. Yeah. So it's not like we have to worry, like we have running water, we have heat, we have all those things. But I think there are other people who have adopted van life who weren't necessarily affluent when they adopted van life. And they have to figure out like just the basic necessities of life all the time. So learning about how other people are handling those challenges is really interesting because we had challenges where our power just stopped working. Mm -hmm. So we we didn't have heat and it was like minus. I don't know. It was cold. It's Fahrenheit, but <laughs> it, it was it was cold. It, we negative were in numbers, Iowa, right? and it was really cold. <laughs> like negative numbers like that belong in math class. That's not supposed to be the time. <laughs> and um, we had no heat, and we like we tried really hard to get it. We brought it to a place in. We were in Elizabethtown, I think, when the mm -hmm. heat went. We're like, oh, are we going to go home? And I'm like, no, we're not going home. I'm invested in this. So and we carry just carry those photos of me under the van <laughs> with feet sticking out right like being being mr mechanic down there and you you learn more about things than you ever want to know I, th I think i sat in the parking lot of a mexican restaurant for six hours that day yeah so that's wow. something about van life is it's not like, like what i find frustrating about it but also one of the things that i'm learning right, it's just patience Right. You can't, you're like, you have to get everything. You have to put everything away before you can move to another spot with van life. Right. So it's, it forces you into a, a spot of organization, which I am not, I you can't really tell, but like, that's not me. I, not me. I can happily, like I will kick a path to my bed through yeah. my laundry and not even think <laughs> twice about it where Ian would prefer <laughs> that our house had everything where it was supposed to be. So Ian likes van life because there is no clutter. There's no like knickknacks or anything like there's nothing to knock over. There's no like you have to put everything away. Everything has to be secured and then you can leave. So that's for me the most annoying part of van life and for Ian the most satisfying part. It, it really it really does uh, bring joy to my heart. So we've got um, like you, you asked about kit and you kind of think about it from necessities all the way to technology. So we have a 20 gallon we have a 20 gallon freshwater tank and a 10 gallon gray water tank. Gray water for those who aren't familiar is water that went down the sink, but not human waste. Right. We've got a composting toilet. We've got, um, you know, we have a shower. We have uh, 380 watts of solar on the roof that goes to 300 amp hours worth of batteries. And if you're not familiar with electricity, looking into van life builds is a really good way to get familiar 
with the concepts of how electricity works and amp hours and battery capacity and things like that. 300 amp hours isn't a lot. But when you think about DC power instead of AC power, alternating current versus direct current, um, if like everything in a, in a car is DC power. Okay. And so when you have inverters and the ability to charge off of your van's alternator, the ability to have DC-based appliances, 300 amp hours can go a really, really long way if you use it right. So the, the most power draining things we have in the van are our laptops. Right. The laptops are, are by far the most power hungry items. Um, and we have a portable battery unit that is uh, another 100 amp hour battery that we take uh, that, has, that has solar panels and things like that that can run both of the laptops for a day. We can plug that into the cigarette lighter and charge it. We can throw out solar panels outside and trickle charge it if we're at a campground or somewhere you know out of the way where the panels won't get run over <laughs> by another car. Yeah, that's a new um, challenge. <laughs> yeah. So once you get the essentials out of the way, when it comes to technology, um, we went with Microsoft Surface Pros, the Surface Pro 7s. Uh, we did the Core i7 model. Um, because we did want a little bit of extra oomph when it comes to processing power. We loaded it up on RAM, stuff like that. Uh, and then we went to, um, we did quite a bit of research and there's kind of two full things that we're thinking of. We went and bought a Verizon and the carriers are, it doesn't matter, your carrier choice. We bought a, a Verizon jetpack with 150 gigs per 30-day billing cycle of, of data. And that's a 4G unit, not a 5G unit, but that works pretty well as the primary source of internet. And we're looking into potentially getting the Starlink as a backup. The issue with Starlink for anyone who's doing what we're doing is your upload is very, very limited. You got you know 75, 100 megs down, which is more than enough for anyone, but you're only gonna get that five to 10 upload off of satellite on the best of days, and you'll be one to five megs upload on the worst of days if you've got cloud weather whatever and and what have you so people looking into starlink you got to think about your upstream if you're doing video chats if you're doing streaming if you're doing uh, a bunch of phone calls starlink's not going to be there for you just yet but it's a good secondary good backup um and then uh that is an interesting uh you know thing that you raise right is that this consideration for something that we all take for granted now because the internet is pretty much a utility and so it's just like you were talking about water earlier. Most people take it for granted, right? So I have like unlimited data, uh, the upload and download speed on, you know, just your regular uh, internet services from, like you said, carrier of choice are all pretty good now, right? Like we can all do this. But when you have that uh, remote contention, now you have data limits. Now you have uh, different limits on, you know, kind of the speed for upload and download. And yeah, just some really tricky considerations. And so, so you learn some tricks of the trade, right? Like if, if you're thinking about, hey, we need to work for eight hours today, the easy spot is go and find a Starbucks, go and find a hotel lobby, go and find somewhere that you can park and use that public wireless that's non-metered and use that for items. So if I'm uploading a podcast off the iPad or whatever, like the iPad can just be connected to that public wireless, it's set to the side, it's just sitting there doing its thing. We're pounding away on the laptops, we're taking phone calls or whatever. And then when we're done for the day, we'll pack up and leave that area. So you need to think about the stuff in the van as use when needed, not default setting. So you're not using your jetpack as your default internet, you're using it when you need to, or if you're out boondocking or whatever. 
you're not using your water in the van or the facilities in the van or staying in the van all the time. You live out of a van, you don't live in a van. And that's a that's an important distinction to make. So you want to try to find spaces where you can get multi-utility out of a laundromat. Great option if they have wireless because you can post yeah. there, you can work, you can get a chore done, you can probably right. even refill your water, right? Like you can tick three or four different things off of your list with one visit. And so some people might be like, oh, laundry day. And it's like, oh, hey, laundry day, we'll be able to get a bunch of stuff done today. So it's it, it shifts, shifts of perspective is important. I love it. That wasted time is just driving time, right? If we're trying to go somewhere and we don't want to drive more than like sometimes we have five, six hours a day, that's a long day, Mm -hmm. but that's like burnt productivity most of the time. So you're either going to get like motion sick trying to write content while the car is going. We tried to do some podcast recording, but we haven't really nailed that. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the guy walking through the airport with the, you know, sharing my knowledge with everybody as if like, you know, I don't like that kind of crappy, as much content as possible approach to life. Yeah, agreed. You know, like maybe take off your ball cap, maybe take off your sunglasses, you know, maybe sit still so I don't have to watch your head do this while you're recording. <laughs> and like That's something that I haven't, like, maybe it's just a matter of like volume content and we have to get used to that. Or maybe it's all audio content when we're driving, but like finding something to do with that lost six hours for me would be my next role of like, what do we do while we're in the cab of the vehicle? Cause I don't want to drive at night all the time and mm-hmm. I don't want to burn all my work hours. I wish um, I had your you know technology many years ago. I'll, I'll share a little story. My wife and I, when our children were uh, quite young, uh, my son was uh, five years old at the time and my daughter was two and he watched this show, which was a travel show, you know, with kid hosts. Right. And, he said, oh, I want to be on that show. And I said, well, it's probably going to be pretty tough to get you on that show. But Leslie and I talked about it because our vacation time was coming up. And we said, why don't we do a cross-Canada road trip? And, of course, me in my mind, it's like, why don't we get sponsors? And why don't we actually do a new video every two days so people can follow <laughs> us across the country? So we drove to Halifax uh, to make sure that we started on that ocean. We got some water from that ocean. And then it was a five-week adventure as we crossed the country to Vancouver to get water from the other ocean and you know combine it. But we had to drop off uh, DVDs, which we had to burn every day to Staples, um, who was one of our sponsors for moving stuff across. And our editor was in Toronto, would then update and edit the videos. And that's why there was kind of this two day cadence, right? And the internet thing was always the worst. We would actually drive through neighborhoods and look for open signals. <laughs> <laughs> and back then- Board driving. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Back then they existed, right? So anyways, I just thought I'd share that because what we wouldn't have given, you know, to have at least some kind of reliable, you mm-hmm. know, high speed internet connection. But, you know, back in those days, it just didn't exist, right? So well, imagine that's... what it would be like 10 years from now. Right. So, like, it, well, and it's interesting you mentioned that, like, there has never been a greater opportunity for the youngest generation than now. Right. to be able to enable a travel bait, like a see the world, create experiences while not sacrificing career opportunities than there is today. If you're in the tech space, you can do infrastructure support remotely. You can do development remotely. You can do marketing and digital remotely. You can be doing sales remotely. Like there is so many different career paths for a well-motivated individual that they can quite literally downsize their life 
get into a vehicle and go explore their country. They can go around Canada. They can go around the U.S. You can go around Europe. You can experience the world from your 20s to your 30s and even pursue like the, the opportunity of a fire lifestyle, right? Financially independent, retire early. Someone like a van is absolutely a method for that because you're not paying rent. You're not paying fixed utility bills. You're not paying airline travel. You're not paying hotels. You've got all this opportunity where you can be, you know, if, if a kid's making 60, 80, $100,000 a year, and they're spending only 30K a year on this van, even with, you know, and $30,000 a year in a van is a pretty good lifestyle in the van, wow. even with driving, right? It's, it's 30 grand. You got $70,000 or whatever, 50 or 40 after tax that you're able to just invest. Wow. And the concept of between 20 and 30, getting a half million dollars into the market, like you are financially set. If you leave that alone for 20 or 30 years, you you wouldn't even have to save anymore, but they can. So I love it. The opportunity is there. You know, I I started working remotely um, about 20 years ago. And back then it was uh, out of necessity for, you know, for my marriage. (laughs) I had a a job up in Ottawa and we'd moved there from Vancouver. And so very different cities, Vancouver to to Mm -hmm. Ottawa. And the winters in Ottawa, you talked about the the van, you know, kind of freezing because it didn't work. I mean, winters there are absolutely horrendous. Uh, my wife hated it. So I went to my employer and said, look, we've got two options here. One, we got to figure out how I can do this from down on the Niagara region where my wife's family is because I'm traveling so much for work. And if we can't do that, then, you know, we've just got to, you know, part ways as friends. And took him a couple of days, called me back and said, yeah, let's, let's give it a whirl. Let's give it a three month go. Right. And, you know, here we are 20 some odd years later. So this remote work thing certainly isn't going away. And I love what you guys are doing to showcase that it's not just about the ability to be able to work remotely, but this idea of quality of life, right. That you get to see these places that you get to do these things while still pursuing your career. I think that's magic. And I think that's a great opportunity for young people. I mean, I think for us, we still have our, you know, we still have our ridiculous, like every time we come home now, like, why do we have a house this big? Mm-hmm. What are we doing with all this crap? Why do we buy Like we live in, we can live in, we can live in no space at all. Yet we somehow we felt like we needed this enormous house and this yard that we hate mowing. And uh, so it kind of like starts to grate on you after a while. You're like, could we live in the van forever? Could we live in the van full time? Is that something that is like, and then, you know, like you'll have a day on the road where you're like, this so, <laughs> the I mean, the have, worst thing ever why did we buy this we have the best of both worlds right now but i think one of the things that it has shown us is that we want to significantly downsize our our lives right we want to get rid of most of the things that we own we want a significantly smaller home that we don't have to heat in the winter so i don't think we're going to go full-time van life but we're definitely going to move to a significantly smaller home and then van life in the winter where it's warm or whatever warmish right van life creates some intentionality and some space especially when you're doing it as a couple so i mean both carrie and i have have built multiple businesses and we've had the positives and the negatives from that experience and this isn't either of our first marriage and there's a reason for that right entrepreneurship is difficult on relationships yeah. Being in a two entrepreneur household, 
there's a lot of grace that comes naturally from that where it's a, Hey, you know, I've got a 10 o'clock day today. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Thanks for letting me, it's not a, Oh man, you have to work until 10 o'clock. It's hey, thanks for letting me know. I'm going to load up my day now so that we can both work until 10 o'clock because why, like I'm not going to sacrifice the time. Um, but the van creates an interesting dynamic where it's easy to kind of unplug and you're not going to be Netflixing and chilling because it's drawing power. It's wasting internet, et cetera. It's like, like, Hey, let's unplug and look, there's this lake over there. Let's go walk around there and kind of explore. Let's go park in this town and explore this little town. Like it creates this intentionality on space with your time that when you're done working, you're then diving into life with each other. And that's one of my favorite things so far is just some of the experiences and they're not it's not like climbing a mountain, but sometimes you do that. Sometimes it's just walking through a little town in, in nowhere, Indiana, in Madison, Indiana, and looking Uranus. Through, yes, finding Uranus <laughs> on the road. <laughs> right? Like the, the fun store. Well, whatever. Route 66, it's, it's, they have a store called, uh, it's, is it Uranus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visit visit Uranus. And it's like this candy store. When you walk in, everyone yells, Welcome to Uranus. And then, like, they (laughs) scream like different, like, sexual innuendos the whole time that you're there. And they're like, like high school kids, you know? So there's like this, like, how appropriate is this? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's like this this 18 year old is yelling this stuff at us. And here we are, you know, at the 40, in our 40s, or we're, and we're laughing like school kids too, right? Like, uh this is fun. (laughs) <laughs> but it's things like that, right? Like it's the it's the laughter, it's the experience, it's the um, it's the memories that are crafted through things that you just you wouldn't expect. That's by far my favorite piece so far. Is it's just creating this intentionality around our time that gives us space to 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 just be and experience. I love it. This whole concept that you know experiences have a lot more value than things, right? That. Mm-hmm you know, the reasons that we do things, I think of my own career as well, this, this idea that there has to be a certain level of happiness in the work, that there has to be a certain level of reward. And I'm far less driven by the dollars than I am the experience. And somebody once said to me, I loved it. They said, look, love what you do. And I promise you the money will take care of itself, right? Because if you don't love it, you probably won't do as good a job. You probably won't get, you know, nearly the reward back, right? So yeah, love that idea of experiences. Hey, in respect for your time and, and uh, for our audience, we're getting to that point in the, uh, you know, the interview where I just have to ask you, if you had one piece of advice, there are going to be those that are looking uh, for inspiration on this. If you only had one piece of advice uh, for them to start with this you know, remote work experience at an extreme level, what would that be? Rent first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that we needed a six-figure van to explore this lifestyle. Uh, we could have probably rented one for a month and figured out the ins and outs of it first. Uh, that's not really our style. We like to go like we do. We do dive in with yeah. those. <laughs> so. Um, so since since Carrie stole rent first, because that was going to be mine, I would say um, you know the and this is weird, and I, I feel conflicted giving this advice. But I would like if you're thinking about doing van life, especially the van dwellers Reddit. Mm-hmm. Not the Van Life Reddit, the Van Dwellers Reddit. It's got 1.7 million people in it right now. Um, is an incredible source of information. There's a lot of frequently asked questions. There's some wikis. There's a lot of consolidated knowledge from across the spectrum. So if you got a 10 grand budget, 
there's an opportunity for van life for you. And if you have a hundred grand budget, there's an opportunity for van life for you. And the consolidated wisdom of people who have been doing it for five, 10, 20 years living in a vehicle is collected there in that Reddit. So like I would go there, I would do an intense amount of research. And when you think you're comfortable enough, that means you probably need to spend a couple more months of research to get back (laughs) to the area where you're saying, I really don't know what to expect, but I think I can handle what comes up. That's what, you know, and dive in, but yeah, go, go, go rent a couple for a while. There's uh, the markets inflated right now. So don't be in a rush to buy. Right. Well, I, I love that advice on, on both counts and, you know, can't thank you guys enough for doing this interview. It's fascinating to me. And I really look forward to hopefully running into you on the road sometime uh, in the 100%. band. <laughs> we'll be around American, American Southwest in winter, probably, or Maui again, one or the other. <laughs> wow. Well, if you're in the Southwest, then I will try and see you there. And listen, everybody, thank you very much for tuning into another episode of Tiger Tube and Tiger Paw Radio. And until next time, keep learning. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com and click on the resources tab. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.